Did you regret something in your life not trying? Because there's two kinds of regret. There's a regret of things you didn't try and a regret of things you did try. Now, the regret of things you didn't try is usually worse because you didn't try them. It's okay to try something and fail, but at least you gave it an effort. You know, <clears throat> Barry Sanders is one of the greatest running backs of all time. And he didn't start playing running back until his, his senior year, fourth game of senior year. And his father said to him, you know, when you're, play, when you're running, you're always waiting for the holes of the offensive line to open up. And he says, stop waiting for the holes and just hit the crease. Just wait for just a small little opening and go for it. Because in life, sometimes you think you have this opportunity and it looks great, and you go after it, and it falls apart. And then sometimes you see almost no opportunity in something, but you like the idea, you like a concept, you have an idea, you want to try something, you think there's potential in it, and you go after it, and guess what happens? The whole world opens up, and next thing you know, you're extremely successful in life. Because sometimes we just have to move forward in life. We do. We always should be moving forward in life, which means we have, to under, we have to define what success is for us. Because if you don't su define success for yourself, someone else is going to do it for you. That's what it is. In, in America, when we define success, many times it's financial. But that's, as we talked before, that's not always the case. Success can be the whole pie. What I like to call, what I teach my students, the physical, the intellectual, and the emotional. Money is good. I'd much rather be wealthy than poor, but there's plenty of people that are unhappy and wealthy. And there's plenty of people that are happy and poor. So you want to have the physical attributes, you want to have the intellectual attributes, and you want to have the emotional attributes. Now, in the Torah, the God says very early on, let us make God in our image. Our image. Now, our sages tell us that was Hashem talking, God talking to the angels. But if you look at it from a simple shot, simple concept, it is, what do you want your image to be? You have God's image and you have your image, which means you have a say in your image. You have a say in what your success is going to be. You need to define it or someone else is going to do it for you. So I have three concepts I want to teach you in a short amount of time. One is always be moving forward in life. Anytime you have an idea or concept, don't just keep going forward. Don't worry about, I'll wait till I do this. I'll wait till this happens. When we had the idea, when Brandon and I had the idea for the podcast, we, came, we sat down one day, like, let's do a podcast. I said, I've been wanting to do one. Let's do it together. We didn't wait for the perfect opportunity. We didn't wait for the perfect anything. We just found a room, and we just did it. And we moved forward. It was it perfect? No. But it doesn't have to be perfect. It just needs to be good enough. Because the skills of a podcast are the, really are the people who are doing the talking. Everything else is just an accoutrement. And so we decided to go forward with it. Imagine you're on a stoplight at a six-lane highway, six-lane road, like a suburban road. And there's th you're in three lanes, and the right lane is ten cars, the middle lane is six cars, and the left lane is two cars. Which lane do you want to get in? For me, I want to get in the lane with the shortest amount of cars. No? No. Most people get in the lane they're supposed to be in. So I look at life differently. Most people stay in the right lane or in the middle lane. I get in the left lane with two cars. Why? This is my thinking. And you might say, this is kind of ridiculous. Why are you thinking so, so, so small about just getting through a stoplight? Because my attitude in life is that if I care about getting through the light the fastest, most efficient way, that's how I do everything in my life. The fastest, the most efficient way to achieve whatever I have to achieve in life. That's why I look at it. When I have a goal and something, I, I, that, I, I put everything aside and I work on it. That's what I do. 
When I, when I decided in February I was going to write this Find Your Awesome seminar, I put my fifth book away, I put it aside, and just focused on that. Which leads me to my next concept. Not always, be moving for, not always keep moving forward, but looking at every opportunity as an obligation. I'm sorry, looking at every obligation as an opportunity. Zig Ziglar, a famous motivational speaker from the 1960s and 70s, said, when you wake up in the morning, what wakes you up? What's the thing that wakes you up in the morning? Yeah, Shacharias coffee. The machine that wakes you up. Alarm clock. It's an alarm clock. What's an alarm for? Emergencies. It's for tornado warnings here in Jerusalem. Of course, we have the missile attack warning system going on here. It could be for a fire. It could be for police. It could be anything. Tornado in the Midwest. That's not a good way to wake up, is it? Huh? It's not a good way to wake up because you're waking up to fear. What you should call that alarm clock, an opportunity clock. That's what you should call it. Because that's what life is when you wake up in the morning. Look at every obligation as an opportunity. I have to go to school. I have to take my kids in carpool. I have to clean the kitchen. I have to wash the car. I have to pay the bills. Instead of looking at everything as an obligation, look at it as an opportunity. How you do this? People think that you should lead a balanced life. It's good to lead a balanced life. Lead, lead balance. Let me have when you balance. Have you ever gone in the office in the morning and you have to get your, you're going to go to your car, so you take your notebook and you take your coffee and you take your phone and your lunch and you're walking to the car and you're balancing them in and you have to get your car keys out of your car because it's before the time you had the key fobs and you reach in your pocket and you drop everything on the ground. That's what happens when you lead a balanced life. You do everything not well at all. This is how I look at my life. And this is how I'm able to, Baruch Hashem, achieve and do, do so many things. I look at life as juggling, and st- as juggling instead of balancing. What does a juggler do? A juggler takes a ball, throws it up in the air, has five or six balls up in the air, and he's juggling. And he's focused on one ball at a time. And you just asked the question, Zach, right? What happens when I get stymied by, what did you say, spiritual or financial matters? I get roadblocks all the time. I mean, my gosh, especially living here in Israel, there's constant roadblocks, constant. It's every single day I have roadblocks. The only way I was able to survive moving here three years ago from America was juggling. I took everything I had to deal with. My real estate in America, my sister I had to take care of, the, my cancer drug, my insurance name here in Israel, my kid's school, my living someplace here, getting beds. So many issues I had to deal with here in Israel that I would have gone crazy if I didn't juggle. What I did is I focused every day, like just achieve something. What did I achieve today? I went to Mizrah Rapanim and I got something done. I got into the, into the government agency and I, I, I got my you know, A1 visa today. Or I got my insurance today. And I, I looked at every single day as a success if I got one thing done. When I achieved that, I took that ball, threw it back in the air, and grabbed another ball. I focused on one thing at a time. And when I did that, I was able to achieve so much more. There's lots of things in life that I wish I'd have tried. I wish I'd have lived in Vail for a winter. I still could do it. But I, one thing I wanted to do, I went and looked at real estate one time in Vail. I never did it. But the thing, the regrets I have of things that I tried, that I failed, I don't have regrets on them. I still have regrets, but it's not quite the same. And number three, we learned about, we, the first thing we learned was, was always be moving forward in life. Look at every opportunity, look at every obligation as an opportunity. And lastly, ride your hot streaks tenaciously. 
because in life, most things that you do happen in a short span of time that you do well. For example, you might not like this, but like our looks, like we're really you know, nice looking for a short amount of time of, of our entire life. We all get older, we all get wrinkly, we all get heavy. Businesses, in life, if you ask, if you go to like a, ask a Walmart executive, would you really like being in business in July? They'd probably say no. We just want to be in business in November, December. Restaurants, do you think they want to be open on a Monday and Tuesday night? They have no interest in being open Monday and Tuesday night because all their business is done on a Friday and Saturday. It's because in life, things happen quick. You are going to be a real estate investor. Chances are most of your money is going to be, with, if you have, let's say, five or six properties, most of your money is going to be made with just one or two of them. It's not like I, every time I buy a property, I make money. That doesn't happen because there's too many things that happen. But when you, you, you're going to get lucky on one, not lucky, but like something's going to happen to one property, you'll make a lot more money on it than you thought you would have, just like when you buy stocks. When I tell investors to buy stocks, you should have at least 25 of them because you don't know which one is going to be the one. Most of the time, it's going to be two or three stocks that make the bulk of your money. In fact, a lot of them, you lose a lot of your money. It doesn't matter because how much can you make on an investment? It's unlimited. How much can you lose? Only what you put in. So how do you get through these? How do you get through things? You asked before, what happens when you get stymied? What happens when you have an issue of getting through something? The, one of the main things I do is I focus on the pleasure of what I'm doing. What is the pleasure? How do I wake up in the morning? How do I achieve something? How do I do anything in life? I focus on the pleasure I'm going to receive from it. Think about an Olympic athlete. Do you think it's easy to wake up at 3 a.m. to go swim for four hours, go to school for five minutes, and swim another eight hours in the day? They keep their eye on the pleasure of what you're doing. And you can achieve anything in life you want to, as long as you keep it on the pleasure. You know, I, I joke that, not joking, but like, I'd rather sell hot dogs on the street and have my own business than have to work in a dead-end job. Because that's one of the worst feelings in the world, is when you have no control of your life. This is one of the things I teach in my marriage and dating classes and raising kids is that one of the reasons kids, especially two and three-year-olds, throw fits. It's called the terrible twos. Have you heard of the terrible twos? Do you know, do you know why they throw fits at that age between two and three? What? It's because they have no control. They've discovered in life, they start to, when your baby's born, baby has no idea. It's just sucking and eating. That's all it's doing. And then when it gets to be one years old, one and a half years old, starts to walk and crawl and get around and discover things and starts playing with things. But around two, two and a half, it starts to understand it can make decisions in life because now it has voice and now it can talk. And in that time, what happens is, as a parent, you control everything that's doing for your kid. It's when it's going to sleep when it's going to eat, how much it's going to eat, who it's going to play with, how long it's going to play with, everything. And the reason why kids throw fits, because they have no control. And this is, a, I'm going to end with this idea and this concept before I give you a, a preview of next month's seminar, The Four Phases of Love. And this is a great life lesson, not just for kids, but for everything, negotiating business deals, real estate deals, talking to women, everything. You need to give people options. My, I'm gonna give you a story. My daughter was three and a half at the time, and I brought, I gave her a pair of pajamas, and she was throwing a fit. I don't want this pajamas. I don't want this pajamas. I don't want. They're screaming. You, you can't control them. You've seen it. You've gone to the middle of the mall. You see little kids, cr you know, crying on the ground with no. You can't control them. So what I did, I used my keister, I used my keister, my, my brain, 
and I went to the closet. I took those pajamas away. I got the pink, purple, pink balloon pajamas and the, the red fireman pajamas. And I go to Maya Noah. I said, Maya Noah, do you want these pajamas or these pajamas? What just happened? I gave her a... I, from her perspective, the control went from me to her. She's thinking to herself, I'm in control now. I get to choose. And guess what? She grabbed pajamas, and one or two minutes later, she put them on, and she's playing normal, and she's happy as a clam. This is a concept that I want you to understand in your life. When you're talking to your wife or your husband, when, you're, when you, have a, you want to go to one restaurant, and they want to go to a different restaurant, you want to go to one vacation spot, they want to go to a different vacation spot. Instead of being hard and not giving in, you say to them, and also with real, negotiating real estate deals, how about this? Instead of I'll pay this price, I'll pay this price, or I'll close on this date that you want me to close on. And what you've done is you switch control from yourself to them. Even though you made those two choices, you're giving them a choice in life. And that's one of the most important things that we want is to have options. Options in life. I always say always have options in life. One of the most important things. And when you have options in life, you will never get stymied with your spiritual or your financial problems you have. So always be moving forward in life. Look at every obligation as an opportunity and ride your hot streaks tenaciously. Now I want to give you a short preview to next, next month's seminar called The Four Phases of Love with Lori Polotnik. The reason why, in fact, it's probably going to be most of the things I'm, I'm speaking about for the rest of the year, is that the marriage statistics in the, in the world today are horrendous. If you take 100 marriages today, how many of them will get divorced? I'm talking in the secular world, the regular world, not 50. Who said that? 50 divorces, right? 55, I've heard 60, everything. Out of the marriages that don't get divorced, how many of them are happy? What would you say? Huh? 30% of the ones that are left that are married. So if 50 get divorced, that means 15 of them are happy. God did not like that. Huh? Baruch Hashem, I have an amazing marriage. That means if you get married today, you have a 15% chance of having a happy marriage. That is ridiculous. That is insane. That is crazy. And why I'm, I'm talking about this, because I think it doesn't have to be like this. I think there are things you can do before you get married and while you're married that can increase your chances of relationship. I wrote a book called The Four Phases of Love, the first phase being the crush. This is when you first go out with someone and you like them and they're cute or they're funny and you decide you want it maybe could be one or two dates and you decide, you know what, this has something. This has merit. Let's get to phase two, which is called the research stage. Re research phase. The research phase is when you learn about them, you're listening to them. You know, when, in a, when people say they're dating someone, what do they say? I'm seeing someone. Well, when you've gone out on one date with someone, what else is there left to see? Seriously, you've seen them already. What you should be saying is, I'm listening to somebody. Huh? Right? You should be listening to somebody. Thank you very much. I'll be here next month. No, seriously. No, see, what I want to do is get my knowledge over to. This is what I'm here for. When I'm sitting in, my in front of my students, 
I'm here to get my knowledge over to you because what I want to do is give you all my knowledge, even though it didn't come from four years of college. If you think we'll sing and dance the horror, I got news for you. It's about the power of Torah. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. I want to get my knowledge into you so you don't be, or you're not one of the statistics. So stage two is the research is the research phase. This is when you're deciding whether or not you're going you're gonna to go farther. Stage three, what time is it? 57? Three minutes left. Stage three is the commitment. And now this is the big mistake. This is what, if, I, I guarantee you, if I had a room full of girls here or guys, and like, do you want to get married? Like, yeah, we all want to get married. That is everyone's goal. Just like an NBA player, an NFL player wanted to get into the league. Once they get their contract, they're psyched. We got an NBA contract for three years, and they go out and they buy a BMW or, or, or a Ferrari because that was their goal to get in the NBA. But they don't realize is that that's when the hard work starts. They have to play every day at a high level and every day trying to win a championship because most people think if I get to the commitment, if I get to the marriage, I'm finished. I'm done. I mean, I'm done. I, I, I've achieved what I need to achieve. And that's the problem in marriage. You have to get to the fourth phase, which I'll get to in a second. Why is it that every Disney movie, romantic comedy, that you see, what is the last scene you see in every movie? I'm getting away from that. What is the last scene you see in every, what is the last scene you see in every romantic comedy? Them kissing, the marriage. It's the marriage. Why is it they never show 10, 20, 30, or 40 years later? Because it wouldn't be a romantic comedy, it'd be a murder mystery. This is why I wrote this book. This is why I'm giving the seminar next month. You need to get to the fourth phase. And that's called, the title of my book, Never Leaving. Never Leaving. This happens after 5, 10, 15 years of marriage. And we're going to discuss next month, we're going to discuss the definition of love. We're going to discuss the feeling of love. Because I decided, you know what? Everyone, when I ask people to have the definition of love, they, they, they give me the, what the feeling of love is. You know what? So I decided to come up with both. I have the feeling of love, the definition of love, the feeling of marriage, and the definition of marriage. And we're going to go through all these things. It's not going to happen in two hours next month. This is probably a very long seminar. We're going to go through all the things you have to do in dating that, you know, sometimes... We're going to discuss that. You have to clarify why you're dating, what's the purpose you're dating for. You have to, have to ask three questions before you get married. We're going, to all, we're going to go through all doors for different things. In fact, I have some books here, a marriage and dating book. Some of it I wrote two years ago. I'm updating both those books. But this is what the seminar is going to be for next, next, next month. I want to thank you so much. We have to end tonight. I want to thank you for coming tonight for our first uh, Fish and Coach Show seminar. And I hope to see you next month. Thank you very much. Thanks for watching the Fish and Coat Show. If you like what you just watched, make sure you like, subscribe, and comment with any ideas you'd like to see on any future episodes. We'll see you next time.